Hi, welcome back to another hour with Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you're already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts every Tuesday. I don't know, something really janky is going on with my mic for some reason. But, okay, I think I got it. Yep, okay, there we go. Um, Hope everybody's doing good today. Hope everybody went and watched my last episode about the Ukraine and Russia situation. Um, I heard a lot of back and forth, back and forth about if we should care or not. I'm still going to hold my stance of ultimately not feeding into it, but keeping a close eye on it just to see where we're at. Um, Yeah, I see a lot of misinformation out there. I've been on Clubhouse a little bit lately in those Ukraine rooms, in those Russia rooms, and a lot of people are from Ukraine are saying, like, it's not even, like, and they're still like going to school and that America is just pretty much just putting whatever on the news and misinformation everywhere and CGI videos. And, oh, it's just a lot. That's why I said, oh, don't feed into it. If you wasn't worried about it before they started talking about it and it's not ultimately affecting you, like, okay, yeah, it's ultimately affecting all of us in a way because of the gas prices and food prices and water prices. But I don't know how long this thing has been going. Oh, sorry, y'all. I don't know how long this thing has been going on. But if y'all didn't see, like, food going up little by little, like, a little bit after the pandemic had kind of, like, quiet down then that just shows that y'all really haven't been paying attention so I don't know if Russia getting into it with the Ukraine really has anything to do with the food prices because the food prices were already going up a lot before we even got into this whole thing with the Ukraine and Russia thing I don't know the gas yeah I understand but the food I don't know Anyways, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm over that whole situation. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more, but for the most part, I'm over it. We as melanated people, oh yeah, I'm going to try to switch some of my language up today because I know that it's the general term, black people, and everybody knows what you're talking about when you say black people, but I'm going to say my highly melanated people from now on, just to like get that cursed word out of our system well out of my system I don't really care if someone calls me a black person but I'm going to try my best to stop saying black people because black is always deemed as a negative evil thing and it's a color it's not even our lineage some people are Jamaican and some people are Haitian and some people are African and some people are um, indigenous Indian people from America, which I guess their little hashtag is FBA. Um, Some people don't know their lineage yet. Some people are mixed lineage. So I'm just not going to say black people anymore, at least try to prompt myself not to say black people anymore. Because, yeah, I think that um, words definitely are spells. Words definitely get inside of your mind. And they control the way that you act, the way that you think, the way that you feel about another person just based on words. So, yeah. Um, but back to my point is we as melanated people have a lot more things to be worried about rather than some war. Like, yes, we should be into foreign politics a lot more, but we got a lot of stuff going on here at home. 
But in other news, <laughs> the bootlick brigade. Oh, God. I honestly love it. I love it when the bootlick brigade just kind of, you know, get rolled on. And that's been happening a lot lately. Blah, blah, blah. And Simone lot. Sanders and Joy Reid and all these bootlick niggas that was capping for white folks is now coming to realize that, hey, we're not as special as we thought we were. You know, it really makes my heart happy when the bootlicks get a wake-up call. And then we know that these bootlicks really don't have the power that they have, like that they only have the power because they're saying the things that white media and white supremacists tell them to say and approve of them saying it. And let's not forget about them foreigners, specifically black foreigners that were praising white people and wasn't thinking that white supremacy wasn't a global issue. We told y'all, we told y'all. We ain't forgot about when we was in them clubhouse and Twitter spaces that y'all were talking shit about us from America, black people specifically. You know, calling us lazy and calling us complainers and calling us um stupid and there's no white supremacy and there's no nothing no now you can see that it's not just happening here it happens everywhere and I'm really just honestly like like I said before I'm really kind of baffled that y'all didn't think that white supremacy was a global issue because it happened in y'all home country that's why y'all came here the even crazier thing about this whole situation that y'all got here in America and had all the smoke for us about how lazy and complainer and late and whatever and dumb and whatever y'all wanted to call us. Y'all had so much smoke for us, but y'all didn't have the same smoke for the Ukrainian that was over there not letting y'all people evacuate. Y'all didn't. Y'all did not have that same smoke. But like I said, now, since we know that it's, White supremacy over there in your home country is white supremacy here in this country and is white supremacy in other countries. Now let's all just get together, black people, and start creating and trying to build up a plan so that we can get the hell away from these white folks. <laughs> because they're while they're fighting among each other, we should be patching things up with each other so that we can build our army and we can build our schools and we can build our hospitals so we can get the hell away. <laughs> because this month should always be the reminder to you that even in the midst of a crisis, white supremacy still got time to spare. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, speaking of getting a wake-up call, Candace Owens getting dragged for her comments on the Super Bowl halftime show was fun to watch as well. You know, I mean, I I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I'm just not into that type of stuff. Um, But I did hear that she had got, you know, kind of a, a bunch of people kind of drug her, her little fans or whatever. And, some, and these were some of the comments. The only thing that this woman said was, this is – an excellent Super Bowl halftime performance, undeniable hip hop and R&B excellence. <laughs> and this is what some of her followers said, which was kind of crazy. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm just going to read a little bit of them. But 
some of them said, uh, um, one of them said, at real Candace Owens. Seriously, this is the absolute worst I've seen so far. Another one, Eminem was the only white person in the entire performance. Another one, <laughs> the Super Bowl is a national event. The halftime show ought to be something that most Americans can enjoy and relate to rather than this stuff. What what he meant, because I don't have his full name, is at Crow Tiro, whatever. I don't know. It's weird looking name or whatever. What he really meant to say by most Americans can't, the halftime show ought to be something that most Americans can enjoy and relate to. What he really meant to say was white people. The halftime show ought to be something that most white people can enjoy and relate to rather than this black stuff that black people like. That's what he really meant. So that's all that she said. And they literally drug her. I'm glad she didn't say nothing back because honestly, it would have kind of been bad for her, Loki, because you see what type of people that she got. You know, they chose that one moment to call out a contradiction that they felt that she had. I, I just didn't see the point in it. And you could say the same thing for like us as well, that we, you know, make everything racial, but we all know that the Super Bowl is about money. And a lot of black people that are performers aren't going to the Super Bowl anymore because they don't want to lose their fan base. And most of their fan base are young black kids and young black kids are, you know, standing up to white supremacy these days. We ain't forgot about the Colin Kaepernick thing. Now, I don't agree with everything that Colin Kaepernick did, but it did expose some of the racial underlying things that go on in the NFL. So that's why we're not really participating in the NFL as far as watching it, um, the artist is performing at it. But another one was Joe Patrick. He's out here um, nigga-splaining, you know, as he always is. Thank, shout out to Conscious Lee. He's always on Joe Patrick's neck. Stay on that nigga neck. Now, he ain't no Holly Melaninda person. I, I agree with a lot of what Joe Patrick said. He just biases hell. That's the only problem that I have with him. I've never had any other problem with him except for the fact that he's biased. But other than that, yeah, he cool or whatever, but he be doing way too much niggasplaining for these white folks, and he never have the same energy for black folks. So um, <laughs> out of all the bootlicks that got drugged, his was the funniest because it was from, like, white Christians. <laughs> because it was a, from white Christians about a a cover song that he did for Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. I don't know, like I don't know um, what that song is because I don't listen to country music. I don't care about country music. I don't listen to it. I don't like it. But I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all hear this video of him nigga explaining as he usually do for conservative white christians what's up guys i just woke up and this video is gonna be a little bit different than my normal videos normally i will make a video and i'll talk about something political and then i'll give my opinion on it and then that's the gist of the video well so two days ago i posted a video of me doing a cover of trace adkins honky tonk badonkadonk and my intention behind making the cover was to just kind of have fun with something 
and make it a little bit different than he did it and talk about my truck. There was no intention to be sexual or anything like that. You guys ripped me a new one in the comment sections. A lot of people talking to me about how um, they were unfollowing because it looked like I had walked away from the faith and, you know, just a plethora of things of that nature. Now, personally, I've been on the internet now for four years and I'm kind of used to it when I get a lot of hate and I, and I can, I'll be okay. But one of the things that concerns me greatly is everyone that follows me is not a Christian. Everyone that follows me does not hold all of the views that I hold. And for an unbeliever going through that comment section and seeing the way that Christians were treating another Christian, that was concerning to me. Boy, shut up. <laughs> Boy, shut up. You are just sad that all of your white conservative Christian fan base is mad because you as a grown ass man did a song that another grown ass white man did. And oh, it's just so much to unpack here. First of all, like, like I said, even if he was trying to be sexual with the song, he's allowed to do that because he is a grown ass man. He can talk about ass and titties and girls and badonkadonks because he's grown. That that doesn't mean that like you love Jesus any less because you appreciate some some ass and titties. And I went to go see the video because I was just like, oh, God, this guy's so cringy. He's so cringy. I had to go see it. But so then I went to go see it. And um, it's about his truck. The song is about his truck. He has a big orange truck. And he's just talking about his truck. He, I guess the, the, the dude that originally sung the song was talking about like girls, but Joe Patrick was actually talking about his truck. So it's like, not only did they drag you, but they drug you inappropriately. And look at the people that he's like trying to appease. If you go to his page, it's literally pretty much all white people. I think that's a fair assessment. It's pretty much all white people. And it's just like, why is it that when a whole bunch of white people get mad at you, then it's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I wasn't over there trying to be sexual. I'm a man of the faith. Please, white people, come back. I love you. No. But then when black people literally try to tell you, bro, the information that you are spewing over the Internet hurts our community because they see people like you and then they really think that white supremacy isn't a thing and racial equality is not a thing. They think that, but he argues with us and he debates us, but then white Christian conservatives get on him about a thing that he very well can talk about because he's grown and he goes running to niggasplain to them. I just don't understand that about black people. I don't understand why we always have to put on the cape and I'm not going to lie. I've seen a couple of my videos and I'm right here right now to say I'm incredibly sorry for 
some of the information I was spewing out because I myself wasn't on code. But it's like once you know better, you do better. And I know Joel Patrick is way too smart of a young black man to really think that the talking points that he spew over the Internet is just right all the way. I keep trying to tell people it's not that you're a conservative or a Republican or a liberal or a Democrat is that you're biased with your opinions. That's the only thing that I care about because I don't give a fuck about politics. All of it's wrong. All of it's not doing anything for black people. So I just really don't care about them at all. It doesn't matter what side you're on. You're still on the plantation. Oh, that was his line. When, whenever all of his fan base went to go, uh, fire me up or whatever they thought they was doing. And they was like, oh, she's still on the plantation. Guess what? Both of them are the plantation. One of them, at one plantation, they just call you a nigger. And the other one, they call you a nigger. That, that's it. That's the only difference between the politician plantation. But, you know, I digress. It's just sad to see that he literally went to go and niggasplain and everything had to stop the press. Stop the press. White folks is mad at me. And not only white folks, but white Christian conservative folks are mad at me. Let me go niggasplain to them real quick. That that was him. And I think that was by far the funniest drag. The Candace Owens one was 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 funny because she it's constantly telling black people they need to do this and they need to do that. And hers wasn't even deserved out of all the things that she's been contradictory on. She says one thing about something that's not even a racial undertone in it, like the halftime show. And it's like, Oh no, it's not enough white people in here. As if we haven't seen all these white people at the super bowl every year for 58 years and shit I don't know you know and then you got your Simone Sanders and your Joy Reid they getting fired from their positions or moving on to something else lower (laughs) and I don't want to forget Kamala Harris did y'all see her at like the State of the Union the other day just in the back she always looks like she's having a bad time and she's adopted like now that she goes on speaking engagements she's adapted this Southern Baptist preacher kind of like, and we will get in good trouble and we will stand up to the bad things. And then everybody just claps. And I'm just like, why is she talking like that? I'm so glad she's about to get her ass up out of there. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I don't care, you know, but her career is basically over because she was on a dummy mission all Two years. I have it been four yet? No, it hasn't been four. So all years she's just been on a dummy mission. He literally put her in the hardest spot to make a change, which was the border issue. And um she failed miserably at that. Um I low-key forgot that she was even the vice president because she's been missing in action for a minute until like her and Charlemagne had that fake ass back and forth. <laughs> and she's like, no, President Joe Biden is the president. <laughs> I don't know what is going on with these. Pol- That's why I don't follow politics because it's also theatrical. It's just a big TV show live. 
<laughs> so I just don't. And those are the bootlick brigades that's been getting drug that I've seen. It's just been in a row. Doom, doom, doom. Oh, and who's the other guy that have the Black News Network? I think it's Lamont Hill. He's not even going to have that network anymore. So basically the point of me bringing up all the bootlick brigade and how all of them is getting drug and all of them are getting their well-needed wake-up call is that it's basically possibly about to be a new season of them. I see a couple of them brewing. You know, I see a couple of, you know, new bootlicks brewing because the old ones are getting pushed out. But back to my point, I don't know who, you know, the new bootlicks are going to be, but they're coming. You know, they, they see that we're catching on to the symbolism of, of a polit- a politics, and they see that putting black people in our face don't mean anything anymore to us. We're waking up to that shit. We're waking up to the fact that they use our votes and don't give us anything. So every sector of black people are figuring out who owes them respirations, what their lineage is, what their history is, and that putting a black person off in a position of power doesn't mean anything to us anymore because of Obama. Y'all really messed up with Obama. Y'all should have let Obama give us reparations. Then y'all probably would have had 10, 20 more years of white supremacy in quiet. But the fact that y'all just let him slide by and do nothing... That's what woke everybody up. Honestly, the only thing that I can see is that white folks are just letting the bootlicks know you only exist because I allow you to. And if you go off script of our talking points, our people will counsel you. You can only say and do what we agree that you say or do, even though we ain't got no contract. It's just that easy. So, all the bootlicks, all the foreigners that was calling us out of our name here in America, come on to, over to the right side of history. We're trying to do something. We're trying to make it equal. And you guys are standing in the way. And y'all just got y'all wake-up call. So it's time to wake up a little bit more. Come with us. In other news, while we're already on, like, making things harder for us, DeSantis bans the critical race theory kind of without banning the critical race theory. Let's just go ahead and get off into that. I want to get into that. Okay, so this is actually from Channel 8 News. So y'all can go to that website and find that. But um, Tampa, Florida, Florida bans on teaching critical race theory in schools and workplaces is up for a debate and amendments on the Senate floor on Tuesday. House Bill 7, entitled Individual Freedom, would, according to the legislation legislator, expand the Florida Civil Rights Act of 1992 and protections of the Florida Educational Equality Act. And if you're wondering what individual freedoms bill is, this is the bill right here, is... Individual freedom provides that subjecting individuals to specific concepts under certain circumstances constitute discrimination based on race, color, sex, or national origin. Revising requirements for required instruction 
on the history of African Americans, requiring the department to prepare and offer certain standards and curriculums, authorizing the department to seek input from a specific organization for certain purposes, prohibits instructional materials reviewers from recommending instructional materials that contain any matter that contradicts certain principles, require DOE to review school district professional development systems for compliance with certain provisions of law. So honestly, that was a lot. And I'm pretty sure no one even comprehended what was pretty much said. I'm I'm pretty sure most of you are like, have to read it for yourself to really comprehend what was said. But oh, that was painful for, to read. And that was a lot of words just to say, we're not going to teach the real history of like what African-Americans in America went through as far as the law and the school system and the prison system. That's basically what that says. But yeah, that's another reason why I am totally against like the longness of bills and rules and laws because then you just get this big word salad and the whole time have y'all ever ate a uh, salad and it got like three pieces of chicken in it but you're trying your hardest to get to that chicken and every time you take a bite you just keep biting more and more lettuce this is that bill that's what I felt like reading this but yeah we need to get the bill down to the meat and potatoes of things but yeah that's what the individual freedom lawyers or act or bill or whatever so hb7 would block teaching radically racially focused subjects and examinations from educational curriculums or workplace training florida georgia run DeSantis first announced the idea behind the legislation at a december 2021 event in wildwood florida where he called it the stop wrongs against our kids and employees act <laughs> Or Stop Woke Act, which would codify current state departments of education bans on critical race theory into law. The textbook of HB7 states it is discrimination to force anyone to take any teaching or training that makes them feel guilty, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress based on their race, color, sex, or national origin. See, I have a problem with that right there. States discriminate to force anyone to take any teaching or training that makes them feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological stress. See, they wasn't saying that when they was telling us that we needed perms to get jobs because our natural hair was unprofessional. And they didn't have that same attitude that... You know, you, you don't have to teach or train anyone that makes you feel guilty or anguish or psychological distress. What do they think was going on when, you know, our kids was hearing about slavery and watching Roots and watching Harriet Tubman and all those movies during the Black History Month? Never did they spend enough time on all the inventors, just the same little three inventors, George Washington Carver, the, the dude that made the cotton gin and maybe hear about Rosa Parks and all those are docile people. No disrespect to Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King. But once you get a little bit older, you start seeing that Malcolm X was right. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's the only that's the problem that I have with all of these laws that they keep saying. They always want to put in a rule when they feel attacked. Never when we're attacked. And even when we're attacked physically, for years and years and years and years, the only time they put in a law is when we start to turn up. So basically, he can't just completely ban history because that would definitely raise some ears. So he's just going to strip it all the way down until it's so general that anyone can insert themselves into whatever spot in history. That's basically what's happening. And are we really, you know, surprised? Come on, y'all. Let's, it's Florida. Are we really surprised of all places banning this that is Florida? I mean, this is the same place that Joseph Moore, you know, that ex-FBI that exerted himself as undercover KKK member and acted like he was a KKK member. You know, we forgot about Joseph Moore. You know, he said that was one of the hot spots for white supremacy in law enforcement. Of course, they don't want history telling all of what white people did throughout the law, the prison system, and the educational system. Of course, they don't want us to know about that because that will force them to have to change. Now, honestly, my disclaimer before we even get into this topic I want to state that I'm not necessarily a fan of CRT myself, you know, for a couple of reasons. After Okay, so my thing with critical race theory, this is why I'm, like, not a big fan of it. I'm not saying that it doesn't need to be taught. It's just that I'm not a big fan of it because of these reasons. It's Because it goes like this. Even if whites say that the system is compromised and what they are doing is wrong, are they going to change I mean, that's a serious question. You can acknowledge the problem all day, but if you don't put in any action behind doing, correcting the thing that you did wrong, then it's just pretty much nothing. So without a law in place, with enforcement of that law, then it's just talk. And honestly, it's just another time-wasting method that politicians do with us. They make us fight with each other, about something that totally doesn't matter because, like I said, if white people acknowledge it and don't do anything about it, then we're just back at square one. You know, and then after we teach them and they know about all these things that happened back in the past, then what? What's going to change on their part? Half of them already know these stories about America and nothing still has changed. Actually, the only thing that they did was just made it less noticeable instead of just saying you can't move here because you're black. They just blame it on stuff like, Oh, your credit score is low or, um, they just raised the interest rate up a little bit more for yours rather than for a white person so that they keep white people in this community and keep the property tax high so that black people won't move there. And then one of the last ones that I have with, you know, why I'm not a fan of, you know, critical race theory is that I'm not necessarily a fan of the teaching system, the public school system. I'm not a fan of the public school system. I say all the time, melanated people for sure should homeschool because this 
system doesn't teach our kids anything except to be employees, not employers, just employees. You just go to school, you get a good degree, you get out into the work world, and then you work for that hospital for 25, 30, 40 years, and you get a nice pension and you're good. Instead of telling that kid, stay in the, stay in the, um, the workforce for maybe two to five years, soak up all the knowledge that you can, and then go open up your own practice. That's what college really was for, but I digress. Back to my point. So I'm not a fan of the system, you know, because they don't teach our kids real history already. So to then turn around and teach something so sensitive like critical race theory, uh, I don't know. It truly has to be taught by a unbiased person. And we all know that that system has invested interest in keeping us ignorant and careless. And I do feel like there is some victim stance in there that our kids need to be emotionally intelligent to handle. I'm talking about all the kids because kids are mean. You know that it's going to be some cocky white boy that tells a black boy, oh, I used to own your people and that's why you're always going to jail. And that black boy is going to fuck him up. And like he should, but we know how the system treats our children versus their children. So we don't even want to put our young black boys in that situation where they have to defend themselves against someone that's not going to see the same repercussions as him. You know, these are high emotional preteens learning about another race, keeping them down since, you know, the beginning of times, these melanated kids these days, they don't play with white supremacy like our generation did. You know, I don't want nobody suspended from school. I don't want anyone expelled from school. I, the whole time have always thought we need to homeschool because we need to be able to teach our own kids. There was a study actually done a couple of years ago that said the, that children respond better or, and or ex, more excited to go to school when it's someone that they can relate to that teaches them, AKA the same color as them or the same gender as them. So if that doesn't tell you something, there you go. For all you science people out there, there you go. Kids are more attentive in school when they can relate, meaning they have something in common with that person. So if I'm a black kid, I want to see a black person teaching me. If I'm a white kid, you want to see a white person teaching you, I guess. And I mean, I guess that goes for boys as well. That's why boys and coaches, they have this father-son dynamic a lot of the times um, because they can relate to them. So they do sports together and they're both men. That's it. So yeah, this is one of the reasons that we need to separate and we don't, we don't have to separate altogether. You know, I, my girlfriend's white. I wouldn't have to separate altogether, but medically, academically, and economically, well, not so much economically, because we can trade once us melanated people get our coins together and we get that dollar circulating within our community, then we can talk about getting, you know, stuff and making deals with, you know, other races. But for now, I want to focus on just getting our coins together. But for sure, economic, I mean, educationally, medically, and um, for sure, housing. 
Like, I think, yeah, for sure, housing. We we need to be separated in some ways. And that doesn't mean segregation. That just means separation. We just need to do our own thing by ourselves. You know, people don't ever get mad at other races for wanting to just be with their own people. But when we said it, then it's racist. And it might very well be racist, but everybody is racist. So why can't black melanated people be racist? I have to stop saying black people. <laughs> But um, here's another little article right here. Some more of what DeSantis is trying to do. Oh, here we go. House Bill 7, officially called Individual Freedom, was designed to expand Florida's civil rights law and protections, according to its text and supporters. But critics of the bill argued that it would instead silence some parts of history from being included in Florida's educational curriculum. During each step of this process through both the Florida House and Florida Senate, the bill remained on a party line passage. Some amendments were proposed before the full floor vote after the House amendment process failed. Changes that had been proposed included amendments to add gender identity and sexual identity to those protected against discrimination, leaving the term ethnicity in the affected statue instead of changing to color, leaving health education instructions on mental health and emotional health instead of removing it and adding LBGTQ to the list of racial, ethnic, and religious topics for celebrating diversity rather than just tolerance. See, and that's, that's another problem that I have. Why does it, when we're talking about something for melanated people or the oppressed people, we always have to throw, like, they always have to throw in, excuse me for saying this, but some gay shit. And I'm gay myself. I'm a lesbian woman. I'm masculine presenting. And I do see the agenda in behind how they do us. Every, when in doubt, they just throw some gay shit up in there. I just think it's very funny that they're always throwing in something gay when it comes to trying to do something for black people. I mean, melanated people. It's going to take me a minute, you guys. So just be patient with your girl about, and it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So basically what he's saying is he don't want white people to feel bad for something that they had no control over because they weren't here to even participate in it. But they do benefit from it, and that's where the problem lies. <laughs> that's exactly where the problem lies. It's just because you wasn't here for something doesn't mean that you don't benefit from it. If my mom passes away tomorrow, the house goes to me. If she had, if she had a house and she paid for the house and the house was paid off, if she died, then the house would go to me. Don't I benefit from something that I wasn't there for? That's the same thing. All white people act like they don't have privilege. It's either I don't have any more privilege than you do. Or, yes, my brother, I'm struggling with you. That's always what, like, white people do. Like, the conservative white is the first one. I don't have any more privilege than you do. What laws say that white people get a chance to do something that black people don't get a chance to do? That's the oblivious white conservative. And then you got the liberal um, 
white person. It's like, yeah, we're all in the struggle together. And I say that because ask one of them liberal whites about reparations. They'll say, yeah, all day. But then ask them how much money should they get and watch it be like a low ball number. Or they're going to say, oh, they should get land or they should get free school or tax breaks or something. No, just give us what y'all giving everybody else. Give us what y'all considering giving to the Ukraine. Give us what y'all gave to Japan when y'all went over there and bumped them. Give us what y'all gave to immigrants that came over here, you know, illegally at that. Give us the same thing that y'all giving everybody else. Don't try to figure out something else in the goodie bag to give us once we over there trying to figure out like, oh, yeah, we get reparations. Oh, but it's only in land. When honestly, y'all owe us this damn whole world, honestly. But they will never just flat out agree that they people fucked us up and that it's still going on to this day because if they if they do that, then they know that in some way, some way, they're going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay the reparations. Now, the government is going to have to pay. That's why I'm so confused about white people not wanting us to get reparations because y'all ain't going to have to pay out of y'all pockets. The government is going to have to pay. So, yeah, they know that they're going to have to pay. That's why no liberal white will honestly... 100% say, like, reparations should be everything. Should should be land, tax breaks, free school, free health care, free everything, basically. Um, but that's the thing about history. It's just a thing that happened. And some of it's messed up. And if it's your people that messed up, just make sure that the next generation of you Fix the wrongs that your ancestor created for another race so that we can stop all the goofy fights that the government creates for us. Because this ain't nothing but a back and forth with the government. Like, yes, y'all completely owe us, but the government knows that they owe us. Y'all don't owe us because to a certain extent, y'all are right. Like, white people weren't there. But the fact that y'all negate the fact that y'all benefit from the things that y'all ancestors did is why we get mad at y'all. But are y'all going to have to pay us something? No, the government is. That's how reparations work. They don't just go and shake down every white person that had something to do with whatever went on. They do it in taxes, bro. Like, come on now. And y'all know, some of y'all know that. Y'all just be being picky. One of the reasons that I feel that they're they're trying to hide this history is they know that the new gen of white people either want us to be like it's like they want to be like us that or they want to be with us or whatever it is or they have to do business with us in some type of way and all of those involve merging and tolerating us and ultimately that makes their race weaker and weaker by the year you know they already have not um, problems procreating. That's why they, you know, got all these abortion clinics off in the hood and all these, um, what are those things called? What are those things called? You know, when you do like the whole like in vitro when you can't have a baby and everything. Yeah, that's why they got all those clinics in the white neighborhoods and all the abortion clinics in the black neighborhoods. And then the second reason why I think that they're trying to hide this history is they don't want to keep the they, they want to keep the sick tradition of treating blacks a certain type of way. You know, down to their kids and the only way they can do that is if they keep 
they white kids thinking that they are superior to melanated kids. When you do this, then the melanated people will always look lazy and be like beggars and like complainers, you know? Have you ever thought that if the right person that was white got in power and got this information about why we really in the situation that we're in is because of white supremacy and the events of back in the day and they actually did something about it? They don't want that person to grow up and know. That's why they're hiding this history. Because whites are already merging. Look at all these little mixed kids around here. It's already merging, bro. It, they're, they're, their race is already dying out. It's just that they're holding on for dear life. Like that one dread in the back of your head that you should put the head been cut that motherfucker and you just it's just still holding on, putting all the grease on it you can. That's white supremacy. That's white people. But, you know, let's go over some of the bill that I I picked. Um, let's go over some of the bill. I picked three that stood out to me, but it's eight. So we're just going to expand on the three. The first one is members, excuse me, members of one race, color, sex, or national origins are morally superior to members of another. They, this is the things that if you're going to teach something, then you can't teach them if they involve these things. That's what I'm reading. So basically what number one means, you can't teach that another race was superior over another one. Now, let's just do some little background. Now, do we think that whites are actually superior to us? No, we've proven way too many times that we're better in every way possible. Physically, I mean, we look better, we dress better, we have better features. That's why every woman run around here trying to look like melanated women. Big butt full lips, colored hair, acrylic long nails, all of that was ghetto and unprofessional when we was doing it. And then people like Kim Kardashian does it in its fashion. So, and she did a lot of other stuff that makes her look like a melanated woman. But that ain't my place to say. I'm just going to get away from that subject. Academically, and before anyone says, Oh, we far behind every other race. Don't forget that we're the ones who created all this shit in the first place. They wouldn't even be learn they wouldn't even be teaching science or math if they wouldn't have went over there to places like Africa and was taught their teachings. African and um Egypt and just all over the world where black people were. They wouldn't even be learn we wouldn't even have school right now if it wasn't for black people. We're already academically advanced. We just don't do it for whatever reason, you know. Don't, just don't forget that we're the ones who created it. And they don't even be teaching it or using it right. So let's just shut that argument down right there. Economically, we are. We are. I mean, now, let's not forget that after slavery, we had communities and banks within no time. And that can happen again. You know, we just need those reparations. So the thought of white people being superior over us is a crazy idea. White people are superior by default. They're not superior because they somewhat earned it or worked hard to be the top race. It's simply based off the fact that they steal, kill, and take people's kindness for weakness. 
They put laws into place and granted each other privilege through those laws. You know, it wasn't because they're so great. I mean, they were walking on all fours and stanking up the caves before the Moors came and taught them how to live. And seven-course meals, you know, when us as black people go to those fancy restaurants and it's like a seven-course meal, those were the Moors. They understood that you coating your intestine line with fruits and vegetables and broth, you know, the three, the um, first three portions of a seven-course meal is soup, salad, you know, and water. Because they understood that got your digestive system going for you to eat the heavier meals like meat and starches and potatoes and stuff like that. And then the dessert and then wine or coffee or whatever, you know, that was the more. So that's not no white people shit. That's our people shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like we wouldn't have economically, academically, physically, we're all better than them. We don't think that white people are superior they just made laws and stuff and we just ended up all following them for whatever reason because we're brainwashed and before i hear any niggas in the back playing the semantic game with the word superior by saying i ain't inferior you know we we need to stop saying that they superior listen listen linda listen the moment that we all stop playing this game of false empowerment through words that we can start getting somewhere, you know, by doing this or doing that, we got to acknowledge the problem, bro. And the problem is that white supremacy is a thing. The more that you try to play this game where you think that if you say that they're not superior, then they're not superior, then that's when you lose. What's that quote? The greatest trick the devil ever played was... um the greatest trick that the devil ever played was convincing people that he never exists. White supremacy is clearly the devil and ex exists. And just because you say that it doesn't exist or that they're not superior, then that's the moment that you lose at it. And, and I just explained how they're superior because they tricked us. They, they play little games and they play these little word games with the laws and they grant each other privilege and they keep, other black people out of America so that we'll always stay the minority and they flood us with immigrants so that those, so that they can, you know, give them stuff so that they'll vote for them next time. And they basically get in the way of our progression here in America. That's how they got us is not because they're great at anything. You know, they're literally like, oh, what is that girl? I can't even remember her name. Not Kelly Rowland, not Beyonce, the other one that was singing gospel music. They're that person of America. No real talent. They just stand next to people with talent. You know, uh, I feel that one of the reasons that melanated people do this, the whole, oh, you know, we need to stop saying that they're superior thing, is because they are either scared of their power as a melanated person or don't want to be or don't want to confront them. They don't want to confront white people. They don't want to confront their white coworkers, their white friends, their white girlfriend, their white boyfriend. They don't want white society to be mad at them. Actually, they want to simulate themselves in the white supremacy comfortably. They want to be next to white people and just comfortable in the white society. That's all they want. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want white people to be mad at them. They want to be Joe Patrick. They want to go on a nigga planning campaign so that white people will like them. 
and will just continue to throw down all the crumbs of bread down to them, all the crumbs of the chicken, all just everything. They want to find like a nice cushion seat, not realizing that seat will always be at the back of the bus. <laughs> As of today, white people are superior to us economically, medically, academically, but it's all due to tricks and lies. But that doesn't change the fact that they are over you in those sections of the world, you know? I mean, it just is what it is. We Now that we know the trick, now we can start combating it, but we can't combat it if you keep sitting in the corner smoking a cigarette at KFC talking about white people ain't superior when the reason that you got the KFC job is because you can't go off into the other workforce field because at 16 they locked you up on a charge that, an 18 year old or a grown person was supposed to get because you was a victim of the prison, the pipeline. And <laughs> I really went on the tangent there. Sorry. And the reason that some of you don't feel as though they are is because you're thinking as an individual. That's another thing. Too many black people that are like well off think in an individual standpoint. So it's like, well, how did I make it if white supremacy is, you know, relevant today? If white supremacy is relevant today, then, you know, on the chair at the board of my company, it's called diversity. They have to diversify their board so that it won't make it look like all white people have a say so. And even with that, let me tell you something. You don't get a say. When you leave the boardroom, they all have a chat without your black ass straight up <laughs> and they make the decision they just have you there as the mascot any black person that's well off and think that oh white supremacy is in a thing or um um, it, um racial equal inequality isn't a thing then they just have y'all there as the mascot y'all ain't really making no decisions y'all ain't really got no power even at your job even if you own a business they don't care about giving one or two melanated people alone they have to make it look good on paper so of course they're gonna give one or two or three but no they're not letting a whole slew of melanated people off in there to go get no loan for no business a loan for a house they're not doing that for a majority of black people and that's where the structure of white supremacy lie because they keep it at a point where most white people are going to be in a position of power so that they can put other white people in a position of power. If it was fair, then white people wouldn't have all the power. It would be half and half power. So it goes back to my, my conclusion about you being able to be where you're at, honestly, because of white supremacy, because they have to make it look good on paper. They have to make it look like it's just not a whole bunch of white people making all the decisions. They have to be able to say, no, look, there, uh, there's a black person right there on the board of education. There's the black people there right there on, you know, the legislation or there's black people here in the courtroom. And half the time y'all, y'all be coons anyway. So it don't even really matter. It's almost like they're, you know, just hiring another white person because it's a group thing, white supremacy and racial inequality and systematic racism. It's all a group effort. And you are just the anomaly that just got through the system. This is the second one. An individual by virtue of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously 
or unconsciously. So if you're going to be teaching this curriculum and you're going to be teaching something in history, you have to make sure to teach it in a way that doesn't, doesn't display that a group of people, white people aren't racist towards melanated people, AKA black people. And it's not an inherent thing. It didn't get passed down from generation to generation to be racist. That's what that means in the short term. I'm trying to give y'all the layman's term of this because all of this is just a lot of babble, a lot of word salad, but that's what that means. And my thoughts about that one is actually, I'm just going to go off script a little bit. Okay. Story time. (laughs) So this past weekend, not this past weekend, but last weekend I was chilling in a function with a friend and like, I think it was like Friday, you know? Um, but Later on this weekend, you know, this weekend that just passed, I was informed that the word nigga was said with a hard R nigger was said. You know, neither of us, me or my friend, heard it, but it was corrected. It was corrected by, like, some of the family members of, like, the friend or whatever. But by God, I wish I would have heard. I would have been there to correct him. I wish I would have heard it. I don't know where I was at. Some, some, my friend said that I was on the other side of the room. She was the one that was um, informed that the word was said. And then she didn't tell me that night, but she told me this weekend. I don't know if she was trying to like see if I, I would, how I would react to it, if I would be mean to it, or if it was even worth my time to even know. Now, I wish she wouldn't have told me because... Mm, I just want to bang them up, you know? So, you know, the story goes, let me just tell you the details about the story. So the story goes that me and my friend was talking to some of the other people across the room. And the person that said the word nigga said, um, they was asked if they were going to be moving to Georgia and their response, the guy that said nigger, he said, they don't, um, he don't want to move to Georgia because it's too many niggers, you know, but they was on the other side of the room. And when the room heard it, that was, I guess, by him, they all screamed at him to stop. And his response was, well, you can't invite me to functions where people are going to be offended because I'm just going to say it. Now, the reason I brought this story up is because this directly correlates with number two, and it shows that people can inherently and unconsciously be racist. It can, in fact, be passed down. The fact that he didn't even seem to think anything was wrong with the word and said it so free, that shows me that this was done unconsciously, through many years of him saying it and not being checked by people around him, you know, who would be those people that would let him say it unchecked? Would it be perhaps friends, family, certain type of coworkers that he hang around and people that aren't offended by the term, which could only be bootleg black people, coons or other white people, because of course white people ain't going to be offended by the word nigga because they know exactly who you're talking about when you say the word nigga. He felt so comfortable saying the word despite a melanated person was in the same room as him because it was passed down from family as a way to describe black people. 
and was not even a second like thought into it. And that's why number two is so important to understand because this story just shows that whether you're there during slavery or not, whether you on the white side of history or the melanated side of history, the things from history is still passed down and seen till this day. You know, that word nigga is just the word that was passed down from generation of it's already been 50, 60 years. It's already been 50, 60 years. And that word has been passed down sick from 50 years ago. That word has been passed down. Just imagine the amount of laws and money and the treatment of melanated people that were passed down as well. Kind of makes you think, right? If a word could come that far, just imagine the other things that came that far. And just to be honest, I'm not, honestly, I'm, I'm not even mad that he don't want to be around a whole bunch of melanated people because guess what? I don't want to be around a whole bunch of white people either. You know, so it's like I can respect that. But it's the fact that he used the word nigger to describe black people. Why he couldn't just say black people? I would have respected that more. He just said, no, I don't want to be around a whole bunch of black people. I'm not moving to Georgia because I don't want to be around a whole bunch of black people. Okay, respect. Because guess what? I don't want to be around a whole bunch of white people when I move. <laughs> you know, you, hey, you just want to be around who you want to be around. And that happened. And I prefer to be around black people just like he preferred to be around white people. That's fine. But it was the fact that he said niggers. He don't want to be around a whole bunch of niggers. Why is that the word that you have to use to describe melanated people? I got one more that I'm going to read. And I think this is number seven. An individual bears personal responsibility for and must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress because of actions in which the individual played no part committed in the past by other members of the same race, color, sex, or national origin. Okay, so I'm going to just sum it up like this. Now, this is basically telling white kids don't feel bad for what your ancestors did in the past because it's not your fault, and that is true. Like I said in the beginning, that's true. But just because that... Just because that's true doesn't negate the fact that they still benefit off the things that happened in the past. You know, land is the easiest example I can give. Where would melanated people be if our ancestors had gotten that 40 acres and a mule? Where would we be if the Freeman Bank was still around? I know that there would be a lot more melanated home ownership if it was Freeman Bank was around and at a fair interest rate and not hiked up like these other banks be doing, you know, where would we be if they had just left us alone on whatever continent we was on? Because don't get it twisted. Everybody think that just black people came from Africa. No, it wasn't indigenous black indigenous melanated people here in America. Better go read them. Christopher Columbus um, diaries. When he said that it was people here that looked like tar, it's, it's the color of tar, black, bro. So black people was here in America already. Black people over there, oh, melanated people over there in Jamaica, melanated people over there in Asia, melanated people. 
Melanated people was everywhere on every continent, bro. You benefited from it. So just make it right. Like you yourself don't got to make it right, but fight with us to make it right. Cause you know that the government owes it. Nobody's going to go do a shakedown on you, bro. Just fight with us to get what's ours. So, and if y'all hate us so bad, y'all should want to fight with us to get, y'all should want to fight with us so that we can get our own so that we can just leave y'all alone. Cause that's what y'all want anyways. Right. And you know, the last point that I have to make is, you know, we don't want anyone to feel bad, especially kids. You know, uh, this is the thing with black people, like with melanated people. We don't want anyone to feel bad, especially kids. We don't care if it's white, Mexican, purple, green, black kids. We don't care what kids it is. That's not their, we're not doing this or wanting critical race theory to be taught because we want kids to feel bad like our kids felt bad. No, I feel like that's a straw man argument that's brought up when we talking about critical race theory. You know, we are just saying recognize that majority of the reason that we as melanated people are in the situation that we're in is because your ancestors, white people, your ancestors. So we not just this lazy race of people that just want to hand out or want some sympathy from y'all. It's a debt that needs to be paid and it needs to be in the form of reparations. Cause at this point, that's the only way to fix it. Just because your people died doesn't mean the debt goes away, you know? And that's the only thing that I have to say about that. I think DeSantis, and I think um, consciously, he just got onto the senator or the educational system or whatever. Whatever. Um, Oklahoma ended up being the first state to legally ban critical race theory from being taught. Texas is right behind them. Florida, they're on their way to it because we know that's a white supremacy state and it will be done. So like I said, melanated people, just get ready. Start with your family and getting a plan with your family to homeschool your kids, to buy land, to be able to garden, to learn the things that you really need to learn before the system goes all the way down because this right here, them banning critical race theory in more than one state is basically saying, we don't care about your history and we tend to stay in power. And guess what? Our kids are going to stay in power and our kids, kids is going to stay in power because they're never going to know the history of what we did to you. And we will continue to keep y'all looking like the lazy begging complainers that we say that y'all are because they know that we're not. We're the top consumers. How did we get all that money? Because we work hard. So we're not beggars. We're not lazy. We just need other people to know that we didn't get in this predicament by ourselves. A lot of it was the government. And what is the government filled with? White people. So that's my take on it. I had a little bit more, but like I said, I'm already at 120. And this is going to be hell editing and cutting and pasting and all that stuff. But you guys can reach me over there at an hour crowd. I'm still banned on Facebook. So that's why you ain't been seeing my page popping. But I mean, I got seven more days. So next week y'all will see all the stuff that y'all miss. If you are one of my subscribers or one of my followers there on the Facebook platform. And that's an hour crowd on Facebook and our crowd on Instagram Crowder the Great on Twitter, an hour Crowder on TikTok, and the streaming platforms is Anchor, Spotify, Apple Play, Google Play, and here at YouTube. So I'm out. Bye.